This episode was previously recorded on June 5th of 2015. Jim and Aaron still have lunch every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Join club.baldmove.com to watch these lunches live in real time and get access to lots of other premium content. Oh my God, we're live another lunch with jim and a run we're live we're live with two thumbs up uh what are we a very awkward about? Uh, awkward uh politician anytime the cameras went on you're just like vote for vote for jim yep a vote for jim is a vote for success <laughs> that'd be my slogan i wouldn't last like five minutes through my first public speech no no you would give an opinion that yep. is polarizing and yep. you would instantly be disqualified yep. plus it'd just be the profanity to be off the charts sure yeah this fucking country. Let me tell you about this country. Yeah. Uh, so I got an idea. Well, actually, I don't have the idea. Uh, Andrew from New York on the forums has the idea. I thought we could build uh, this lunch with Jim and Aaron. He wanted to something that Grantland. Oh man, this is. I'm already going off on tangent. Something that Grantland does. It's kind of the brainchild of Bill Simmons. Uh, is they like to do these NCAA style brackets for pop culture events, like throw in all the musicians from the nineties, like the top 64 that their staff can think of anyway, and then come up with arbitrary brackets for them to compete in. And then debate and have and have reader votes about who would win and advance to the next round. And then you come up with the number one best, whatever judged by whatever category and whatever arbitrary system they got. And uh, he thought that would be fun for us to do as like a, a bald move segment. Okay. That essentially he's he's proposed a list of 64 characters from all across the bald move coverage and put them in like a hell in the cell type. You're chained and locked in here. It's a cage fight? Two enter, one leaves. Hmm. And, and maybe it's not a cage fight. Maybe it can be more like a Hunger Game situation where they're just thrown into some kind of arbitrary setting. The great games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, who who wins? Who wins? So... I thought we could play around with that at the same time uh, the Q&A app's on. So if you guys want to talk about stuff, we can also mm-hmm. get around to that after we get done Jack asking around here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. First up, we apparently forgot to send the link out to Patreon people. Yeah. That, you know why it happens? Because I t- the, the scheduling of all this stuff got switched over to Jim because I've been busy with this Game of Thrones stuff. And that's the one thing I... I might have neglected to tell him the extra step of getting the people on the Patreon. So, um, yeah, but I mean, that's only going to be another month or two before we, we probably pull that all off and, and move it. Now that we got credit, well, now we're accepting credit cards. I think email alerts is the last thing we do before we pull the plug on Patreon. Yeah, I think so. And subable is pulling the plug. It's on itself in August. So that's kind of a hard cutoff too. Yeah. Anyway, I apologize for that. Um, but not to you guys, because you apparently yeah, you found guys, it anyway. <laughs> you, you sexy, smart people have found your way over here. Um, and it's also on the website. Yeah. So, like, if you actually want to know what's going on with Bald I, Move, the website is not a bad place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, so there, there are a couple other topics for discussion. Um, I don't know. What what you guys think of the new True Detective stuff? Yeah, I really want to noodle on this idea of silent movies that we had. Okay. 
um, at some point because I think we're getting close to being able to do one of those. Sure. I've, I've made an edit of a movie. Right. Um, and I want to figure out like the format of the actual content itself. You yeah. Know? So one of the things, so what you're alluding to, and I'm not sure we've actually talked about this publicly yet. We might have mentioned it just in passing. Hmm. I think so, yeah. Um, but I, I've been talking about now that it looks like we're actually doing it. You know, you've got you've got one kind of ready to go. I was talking to some people in my fire various fire teams this week on Destiny, and just kind of floating the idea, just describing, and people seem to be into it. But the pitch is, Jim or one of us is going to take a movie the other hasn't seen. And we're going to edit it in such a way that it removes every line of dialogue and all human speech out of the film. Yeah. And then with the only context being the title of the movie, because you have to say, you know, I, I, I have to ask, have you seen this movie? Yes. Because if I've seen it, then it's, it's, it's just a, a bizarre cut of the movie. Yeah. Uh, for, with just the context of being the title and what you see with no dialogue. And uh, so you the have way to de- we define it is we, we say if they're, is a shot like yeah. cut to cut, you yeah. know? Okay. So you cut to a shot. If in that shot, there is any dialogue whatsoever, the whole shot comes out. Has to come out. Even if they say yes. And it's a five minute shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, it's got to come out. Yeah. So like that one, that one scene in true detective where it's six minutes long, all that whole, would all be gone. The, the, the whole it's thing. Like, it's all gone. <laughs> um, also we've, we've had some judgment calls. Like we're allowing music. Yes, you can right? have vocals. You can have lyrics and music. Yeah, mm. we are disallowing. Although I would argue, if it's sung by the characters, if it's a song being sung on yeah, screen, yeah, yeah. that you can't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's background music, then it's allowed. If it's if it's a musical, yeah, you essentially can't do music. Musicals, musicals this way. would be really bizarre. Yeah, it's super it's, bizarre. It, it's going to be a truly silent movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, so we got that rule. Also, if there's like one that's kind of controversial is if there's a television on in the background does it do we cut that or not i think you made the choice to cut it because we're trying to decide you know i don't and i'm trying to come up with rules for things i don't even know because jim's working on the movie i haven't seen the movie and i'm not reading anything about the movie um but he's trying to decide whether he needs to cut this and i'm asking questions like is it relevant to the plot does it like build the i mean i think it's bullshit if like in the godzilla movie if you were to show a television a talking about the monster attacking or we had just done shot of the dead you know like a zombie movie is good yeah there's like you know ex- it's, it's, it's essentially exposition mm-hmm. like that's clearly bullshit what if it's just a theme setting like you know Mad Men sometimes does that like what you are yeah. watching like could you watch the moon landing could you could you have those scenes in there mm. you know even mm. though they're watching it on tv and there's human speech yeah uh so those are kind of the lines we're trying to figure out i I did a cut of a movie where the last probably 20 minutes of the film, there's a TV on in the background and it's tuned to like a, a sporting event. And like I went ahead and I cut all of it uh-huh. that you could even hear any <laughs> conversation at all. And it destroys the ending of the movie. There's yeah. like 90% of the last 20 minutes of that movie is gone. Okay. Just because the TV in the background. Sure. Sure. Whereas you probably wouldn't have to cut nearly that much if it was only the, the actor's yeah. speech that you were cutting. So then once we have this assembled, we're going to sit down and watch it in real time. We're going to use our kind of our live watch technology only without the obscuration grid. And, yeah. you know, if we get cease and desisted, whatever, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come there. 
But yeah, I think what, it's going to be a VIP thing anyway. So yeah. I don't know that anybody's ever going to see this outside of the club. Yeah. Um, but then the game is we're going to watch it and the other person's going to try to guess at the end of the movie what the movie was about. Like try to yeah. tell the narrative that the movie is trying to say without any kind of dialogue clues. And I, I think what I want to do, and like trying to figure out subplots is going to be really hard mm-hmm. um, is what I've kind of discovered after making one of these edits. Uh-huh. Um, the main narrative I think is pretty, pretty easy yeah. if, if it's a decently constructed film. But I'm also wondering if like maybe in the middle we should stop during particularly puzzling segments and be like, what do you think just happened there? See, I think we should. Why both, do you think that just happened? Like, I think, I think we should both have the control to pause the movie at any time because you might want to make a joke or you might want to be like, what the fuck? Or you might want to ask if the person interrogating might want to ask a question. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like have, both people being able to stop the movie at any time should be a core conceit of the mechanics. I don't know, because I feel like if you're watching a movie, you don't constantly pause it and stop and say, okay, what did that scene mean? Well, but like, you also this isn't just any average movie experience either. I know, but I want it to be like, if you were viewing this as a movie, wouldn't hmm. it still make any sense whatsoever? Okay. All right. Well, I mean... But I, I don't know. It's something, like I said, I want to noodle on it and figure out what the best way to do that is. What other ways can we gamify this thing? Uh, I was thinking if you had points... and. So I was thinking of um, like who wants to be a millionaire, right? You've got lifelines that you can call in like, oh, I want to phone a friend or uh, I want to eliminate some of the answers or something like that. Uh, if we're doing true, de- uh, true detective, Jesus, multiple choice stuff, mm-hmm. um, we might be able to get away with like, oh, I'm going to eliminate one of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of dumb. But I think one thing that would be cool is you start with a certain amount of points that uh-huh. you're going to get scored with at the end of this thing. Um, and at any point during the movie, you can take a a loss of points and rewind a certain amount of time. Hmm. So like, if you didn't understand what was going on there, you could be like, uh, I need to go back and I need to see that again. Okay. I'll lose three points or five points or whatever to go back. Now that you've seen, you've done one and you've seen it. Are there any cuts that are more, I mean, I, I don't mean more confusing in that you don't have the narrative thing, but like, you know, movies are assembled with a certain rhythm and timing. Like there are certain things that are just in the context of having the, you know, when you remove the scene of the dialogue, they just become so rapid fire and incomprehensible that it's tougher. Have you seen any of that going on? No, um, not in this first one. Hmm. I think it still holds together fairly well. What I have seen is entire characters get cut out sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you have. Like that's the hot dog stand guy. You're talking about like a fairly game. important, not not like you know, got you go up and order a hot dog from a guy, and that's the last time you see him. You're talking like no, I'm talking about major characters in a major in a characters, movie. Yeah. like starring characters. They don't they okay? They don't get completely cut out. You'll see them, but you'll have no idea why they're there. Ah, because so I, I think that's going to be one of the interesting things is I'm going to ask you probably you know what's the subplot for this character? Why is this character here? What what does this character do in the movie? You know, some of these things I'm thinking of, like, you imagine doing this to a movie like Memento. Where it's already kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Or it's like, it's like some Stanley Kubrick stuff, like Eyes Wide Shut. What would that be like, some of these trippier movies, if you just completely, or, or um, holy fuck, what about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? 
Huh. Were there just lizards in this yeah. bar? I mean, I, I guess you would get pretty, you'd be, get pretty quickly that they're just blasted out of their minds. So maybe that would maybe. Be I mean, it depends. It really depends on where the dialogue is placed. Because yeah. like, if if they're especially with that movie, like they're doing narration over yes. scenes of yes. them doing drugs, so yes. you might not even see them do drugs. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it would just be some. But I would, I think I would assume that just by the performances. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Uh-huh. That, I, that you're right because that narration is like pervasive. That movie might it be is. five minutes long. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be super interesting and funny. And the, I, that's what I'm more I, hoping for. I think the key to this is, you know, the people laughing at at us. Yeah. You know, with, oh, these guys are so fucking wrong on this. Yes. Like, he has no idea how wrong he is. If you've seen the movie in question, the other person does, there'd be that kind of enjoyment. But yeah. I'm also hoping it'll be engaging from the other perspective. Like, people that haven't seen the movie are struggling along with the other person and laughing along with the other person trying to get it. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I wish there was a it's way it's fun in the same way that like Pictionary is fun. Okay. When you're not, when you're like on the other team yeah, and you're watching them. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. And when you have the answer and you're seeing this guy ineptly draw something uh, and you see what he's trying to go for, but you know how far off it is. Uh, that's also fun to be the guesser. Yeah. So I don't know. And if it's not, I mean, we're going to do a couple of these over the summer while we got some free time. And just see if it's something that we that's entertaining enough to make a recurring feature. But yeah, and I'm looking for for other ideas to make this more fun. I, I wish there was a way to make it more interactive with the audience, but unfortunately, like this kind of depends on the honor system. Yes, and it's the fucking internet. Yes, there's no way that people are going to be honest about whether or not they've seen the film when they're guessing. Right. Because I'd love to get like a, a ranking of people, like how accurate they were and all this stuff. But yeah, you, you just can't do it. Well, and it's not even just saying that there's no way someone can be honest. The fact that it's indistinguishable to tell yeah, an honest person from mm-hmm. a person who's pretending to be honest. It's sure. kind of like this. Yeah. We had the same problem when we're, you haven't heard it yet because it's like coming out Monday. But True Detective episode four, mm-hmm. everybody swears up and down. That's a single non-edit shot. But they also put in points where they could have made an edit. But just believe them, absolutely, <laughs> they got one in one take and they didn't have to do any kind of editing to it. It's like, okay, I want to believe them, but it's kind of like the steroids era of baseball. Like, I want to believe a guy's just naturally bigger and stronger, hitting the home runs and breaking the records. But on the other hand, you got that big bulging forehead and back knee all over the place and <laughs> – and you looked like yeah. this when he came into the league, and now you look like yeah. it's, it's, it's Bruce David Banner or Bruce Banner, Incredible Hulk. Uh, like I have a problem with that. I have sure. a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anthony B says uh, a silent cut of two thousand one would be you staring at Hal for about twenty minutes. Yeah, pretty much. See, I, I feel like that some of this stuff. Like I kind of want to do something really pulpy and poppy, like um, mm-hmm. really commercial, like a. Uh, a, a Charlie's Angels or a, I mean, I was thinking like Crank would, how weird would Crank be without any of the dialogue? Well, I think some of these, do like, you think it would work? Really crazy and shallow, sugary pop things like a, or, or a Twilight or something like that would be almost avant garde when you do this to it. <laughs> like it'll look yeah. like a more serious, high concept film. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on, how well they use the medium, yeah. I think, whether or not it's still going to be intelligible. Mm. Yeah. The big problem is coming up with a list of things that are interesting and kind of widely accessible that neither one, the only one of us has seen. Yeah. Like, I'd love to do a blockbuster series yes. on this, but I don't 
know that it, either of us have not seen the right because I'll, I'll almost say that if you've seen a trailer for the movie recently it's yeah. probably like trailers give so much away that i worry that that would give you enough context that it would make it, it would make it easy because seeing yeah. the final cut and with the snippets of dialogue that you can then contextualize mm-hmm. you know where's the mystery there yeah i don't know all right, we got some True Detective questions from Michael G. He says, uh, I started listening to your True Detective coverage today. It has to be tricky covering a show that you already ran, but it seems like you guys are doing it skillfully. Well, I'm blushing. Thank oh. you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we struggled with is we... I don't think after we get done with Breaking Bad, I don't think we'll ever do a, re- a retrospective recap like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because I don't I, I I don't know how much people enjoy it. it seems like people are liking it okay but we found it kind of boring and hard to talk about from a well we don't know that we got to pretend like we don't know this and you know everybody and 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 honestly just going back and doing it as a spoiler version is not as interesting as you'd think there's only like a couple of moments in each season where it's like oh this is super super fucking significant mm-hmm. to what's going to come down you know so this true detective is kind of exploration of a way you can retrospectively recap something in a way that's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, the reason we did it, if, if we were in season four of true detective, there's no way we would have gone back and done all of them. Right. I mean, we did that for walking dead. Um, when we started season two, went back and did season one. Right. Um, I think you do that with game of Thrones Mm -hmm. back in the day. Yep. Uh, but, you know, when there's one season, that's easy to do. When there are five. Everything's so ripe and everything. It's like you still haven't gotten too far into the end game. So, you you know, it's it's not a lot of pretending like you haven't seen stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also it's, I want to play around with formats that, because there is some things like I really want to do this big The Wire thing eventually someday. And, mm-hmm. but I also was super dissatisfied about, I've always been dissatisfied of just giving it the Breaking Bad treatment as far as the retrospective stuff. I always wanted to make it interesting with more focused segments about themes and maybe, you know, make it modular to where you could have an interview with someone and it's not like a standalone episode. And it's not just a tacked on thing. Something that, you know, is, is like I said, modular. And this, yeah. this approach kind of lets us noodle with that in a in a fairly low pressure environment you know yeah i think if i was going to go back and do a retrospective podcast at this point it would be uh, i would probably try to divorce the individual episodes from the episodes of the show like Mm -hmm. i would rather have a larger discussion about the show like if you're if you're looking to do a wire cast we've kind of talked about this right behind the scenes maybe you could go talk with an actor about their performance on the show and mm-hmm. um and have a discussion around different topics that the mm-hmm. show addresses as a yeah. whole instead of saying you know we get a piece we get the, the beginning of a narrative here that's forming with rust and, and marty yeah um in this episode that that then plays out later in another episode and then you have to go back and talk about it again in different context and yeah that all gets weird i think if you could combine the context of the entire series and say, okay, this is the topic we're talking about, the relationship specifically between Rust and Marty. Yeah. Uh, then you could talk about like how it changes over time and have a conversation, which mm-hmm. could be an episode of a podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas you can't do that when you're doing, here's episode 101, 102, 103. Right. I'd, I'd like to experiment with that, but I, I just don't know. You obviously can't do that on a new show. Yeah. Um, and that's like, see, the, that's some, the core creative difference between Jim and I. It's like that approach seems way too, I don't know, not aggressive isn't the word, but it's way too abstracted from the material itself. I think you can. But it's not like after the fact. If I'm going back and I'm listening and I'm saying, yeah. uh, I want to hear more about The Wire. Mm-hmm. I probably don't want an episode by episode recap. I, I probably want a discussion about the show that's larger than that. I think a certain type of person you're describing, obviously okay. yourself, yeah. but I mean, I don't think that's universally true of everybody. And no, I, of course, nothing is. And I would like, and in, in, so I'm always trying to split the difference between what would be interesting to a person that's just watching an episode, this, this show for the first time, because that's what we've done with True Detective. We think that this will be as interesting uh, to rewatch or not even to rewatch. If you just wanted to listen along with us, you don't even have to rewatch. So we're trying to give you enough information to ground you in an episode so we can then talk about it. Um, but also talk, you know, give it to this stuff that's like for first timers so they can actually be in the spoiler sphere without being afraid of actually being spoiled. Yeah. And, but also that stuff is a lot of like, you know, I'm discovering a lot of stuff that I didn't know about the first time through, like, you know, sure. Um, I was aware of most of the theories because I started really following it closely after season or episode four. Uh-huh. But if you're like me and didn't discover a subreddit until around then, like a lot of the early stuff, I was really impressed by how quickly some people were able to pounce on some things mm-hmm. and, and develop those. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, Michael also asks, what character are you most looking forward to in True Detective and why? Colin Farrell, man. Whatever his character is going to be, I think he's the best actor out of all those. Ooh. Uh, from from the work that I've seen from each of them, I think Rachel McAdams can give him a run for his money. Yeah, yeah, she's close. Um, I don't I don't know much about Taylor Kitsch or I don't uh, know anything about him either. I mean, Vince Vaughn. I, I Vince don't Vaughn like, is I don't like him. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm. I, I he might be great in this. I don't know. But this is how I'm watching Vince Vaughn in this. I'm watching him like. Yeah, you're watching him like he looks at everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, you know, show me what you got. With a slight smirk. Yeah. Uh, kind of skeptical, wondering what this person has to offer you. I'm sure. I, I'm <laughs> expecting, I'm, I'm watching like that, but I'm expecting him to win me over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am too, just because I don't think that Nick Pizzolatto would do, mm-hmm. uh, would, go, would go for him if he wasn't right for it. Right. You know? So I, the Rachel McAdams character I'm interested in because I've, I've read some interviews where. Nick really seemed kind of thin-skinned about the criticism of uh, how there was no real female characters in True Detective. Sure. And uh, he was he was giving this interview in The Hollywood Reporter where the guy's asking him about that, and he's all bristling and saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I had the, the screenwriter for Thelma and Louise look after it. She said that that criticism's bullshit, so who are you going to believe, her or some dude with an internet connection? But then he said when he was writing his script for season two, he created a few characters to specifically address those concerns. And then he said he actually wadded up and threw away that entire draft that a lot of the earlier reports are based on. And because he said you can't you cannot write to address criticisms. So he's got a prominent female character. Mm -hmm. That's not a reaction to the criticism for season one. What is that going to be like? Like, I have no idea, man. You know, it's because the other thing you can't you can't creatively write around something that is a a, a perceived flaw. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's like the, uh, the opposite of that. You can't, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to see like I'm appeasing the critics. So even though I want a female character here, fuck that. It's going to be the dudes again. Sure. That's like, yeah. It's, it, I mean, to me, it's like one of those, like, I don't think, I'm starting to think that Joss Whedon and all these guys are right. That just get the fuck off Twitter. Like, if you are a creative person that is working in pop culture, don't read anything. <laughs> don't read anything at all. I don't know. I mean, I think there's some some value there. Uh, the the more constructive criticism, I think, can can give you insights and and ways to do things you might never have considered before. But but who's the referee? But like the referee cannot be fifty thousand people on Twitter with an angry rant about uh, misogyny in your face. Like you need a reasonable person to like take that information, synthesize it, and say, "Hey, Nick." I see like there, here's a blind spot creatively because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like just this fucking week, man. We can be that. You, we, we can you made down. a statement about the politics of global warming uh, and my inbox gets to be slammed by a bunch of people saying that we uh, are. That's by design, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, and, and I, it's like, God, I don't even want to talk about this shit anymore because every time we talk about like, you know, rape in game of thrones or global warming on game of thrones there's going to be people that are like telling me to shut the fuck up and i'm stupid and it's like i don't even get that much of it like a handful over the course of the season i fucking hate it i can't imagine being a guy like joss whedon and getting fifty thousand direct messages from people telling him that he should kill himself because he's dumb for this or that reason okay yeah i mean if you if you can't handle that sure don't be on twitter but who can who can handle that uh i think you get used to it i think really yeah Hmm. i think you do i mean uh, patrick klevick from uh, formerly of giant bomb now of kotaku i think yeah uh talked a lot about that yeah Uh, how he had to i mean he got death threats he got when when his father died he had people saying i'm glad tweeting at him saying i'm glad your father's dead you you suck you're the worst you should die you deserve it like all this horrible horrible shit and he's at some point said you know i've i've developed a thick skin i've had to because i can't do my job without it hmm. and i i don't know that that's true of everyone yeah i don't think everyone gets to that point but i think if you're going to continue to do what you're doing in such a public way you kind of have to yeah, I mean, I guess it's either that you of, flame out of the the thing you're doing. Yeah, or you just stop engaging because, like, ultimately, you're not. None of those people are getting paid for dealing with criticism. They're getting paid for what they're creating, and as long as they're doing a good job and continue to make money, getting paid, that is kind of yeah. But on the other hand, you don't grow, change or grow as a person with that. That's why I said it's like there needs to be some way to get that feedback loop implemented. We're, yes, but Twitter, like it. where it's just uh, it's a it's a it's a microphone in an insane asylum. <laughs> that's not the way to get it. That's not the way to get it. No, we need some directorial liaisons, uh, some PR people who sure we we can be those people. Okay, you you send all your hate mail to Aaron. And uh, for, for Nick Pizzolatto, and we will synthesize it into a couple of short paragraphs about what people think of his work and send it to him. Isn't that what kind of like, don't they have people like that? That's like essentially an agent or a pub- publicist. I think it's to serve people who are too busy to care about that shit. Yeah. But yeah. like the, 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 
not the A-listers, the behind, the, like the below the line you know? guys. Yeah. yeah, like the writers and and stuff like that. They need they need a buffer too. Yeah, they need a buffer. Yeah, you can't just be worried about Tom Cruise all the time and what he thinks. Right. Yeah. Um, Michael G says season. One, oh well, this is we're we're gonna get into the pre- season two preview cast here. Season one Louisiana, season two L.A., season three Midwest, Cincinnati. I. What would you do? What would you do with True Detective in the Midwest? Dude, we've got the Satanic Church. It doesn't everywhere have a Satanic Church. I, well, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> okay. what I'm saying. You uh, said it in Monrovia. You said it in Eminence. You 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 take yep. him to the backwoods cult church where everybody's running you off with jeeps and spotlights and like the 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 local sheriffs are maybe in on it and they're their enforcers like there's weird shit happening all over the place there's dead bodies in every woods i think you should go i think season three should be washington dc why because the the political machinations seem like ripe territory for uh some conspiratorial sort of thing Mm. I don't know what they're going to do in LA yet, but well, and then he, the article I was talking it seems about businessy, I guess he actually said in season three, he'd like to do something like a true detective take on the big Lebowski. Okay. You're I'm interested, not, right? I'm not sure what that means, but yeah. Yeah. Like a much, I guess it'd be a much darker tone, but also kind of like, instead of having two detectives that are professionals, you get some kind of everyman involved. Okay. I could think that could be, you know, I mean, that's the one thing about watching Rust and Hart. They do take a lot of crazy risks. Mm. Uh, and there's a, a one point in the story where they're more exposed than most. But with police officers, you have to really try hard to put them in circumstances where you think the bad guys are going to win. Like the bad guys might get away, but like, you know, outside of fucking Banshee, you're not going to have the the head bad guy roll up to the police station and just blow the place up. And yeah. you twirl his mustache and get away. Like the bad, the the police in 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 every television show I'm aware of are the fucking apex predators. Yeah, and the criminals are just the the wilier of the water buffalo trying to stay one step ahead of them. If if they ever get a hold of them, it's all over. It's 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 over and done. Sure, that that's why I think like a the bridge could have been so interesting. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. The bridge was was kind of like a lot of missed opportunities. Because I feel like if anybody's got a chance, it's like organized crime, like cartels and that sort of thing. Uh, Justin K asks, what is the next con or fest you guys will be attending? None that I can think of. We're both essentially uh, living paycheck to paycheck. We got no money to spend on that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's super expensive to go to those things. Yeah. Um, when, when they're out of town, you, yeah. you, we're looking at spending over $1,000 just to... Yeah get there and back and stay for a day. I just got know? a $1,500 dentist bill for my kid. And I'm like, you know, it's like, okay, go set up a payment plan or something. It's, uh, those are the days we actually had more money when we were doing this as a part-time gig. And, you know, we had our main salaries a week. Oh, way more money. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I just can't see any non-critical travel in my future period. Now, is there a con that's in Cincinnati or in Indianapolis or something that I might be interested in doing? Like the Lebowski Fest? Like the big Lebowski Fest? I mean, maybe. I guess. I don't know. Uh, we've always talked about doing local meetups and stuff, but I don't think there's... What would happen if we did a local meetup in Cincinnati, I think, is like four or five people would show up and it'd just be a dinner. It'd just be a small dinner party, which is not bad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know what 
everybody gets out of that other than the five people that show up and, and, and get to talk to us. Whereas when we go to Chicago and we get like 20, 30 people show up mm-hmm. or go to, you know, Georgia and you get that, that's, that's a little, you know, seems a little bit more relevant, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on that. Yeah. I mean, Georgia wasn't so bad cause you can drive there. Yeah. Um, Chicago wasn't so bad. You can drive there, but it's right. You know, hotel rooms are expensive and sure. Food gets expensive too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you're eating out the whole time. Right. Um, I don't know that we have time now. We've talked so much about this other stuff to do the March badness tournament as Andrew calls. Can we try to figure out like a structure for it? Like how, how do you even want to judge? Okay. This so here's like, here, here's here. Look, I want to go. The one thing I'd like to do is get through the list of 64 and we might switch this up. Just but, reading them like names. Yeah. But also try to decide what kind of brackets because I have an elimination. You have about, to put yeah. people in brackets. Um, and you know, just like a real sporting event, you gotta you kind of gotta make it to where the favorites are on top and they should win, and then the underdogs are way at the bottom, or else you just have a shit show of like, you know, you, you could have. You don't want the top two guys eliminating the other one right away. No, you don't want to put silly. Walt. You don't want to put like uh, you know Rick Grimes and Walter White in the same bracket. No, that'd be stupid. Yeah, so, especially round one. My God. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Hal Mason, that's the number one guy. Who is he? I don't even know. I don't even recognize he this guy. He is. Uh, he's from f- fucking Falling Skies. Ah, that explains <clears throat> he's it. He's Noah Wiley's character. Okay. And he is a historian. He was a history teacher, a professor at a college okay. before the the aliens invaded. Okay. Uh, and he has been successfully leading the second mass for the past several years through this invasion. Okay. Let's go to the next guy so I can actually talk about it intelligently. Frank Underwood. Okay, we sure House of Cards for people who don't know. Yep. House of Cards. He is the president. Yep. I'm thinking. I see this guy, and I'm I'm thinking like there's a should be a schemer bracket. Okay. You know, well, I I think that's part. You know, some people are fast, some people are yeah. strong, some people are smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need it. You need I a schemer. You, you need a, a a master manipulator bracket. Like, and and then you could debate. So like, then at the end, you'll have the showdown between all those different. Yeah, you got the semifinals between the schemers and the badasses and the weasels and the... I don't don't know. I figure that we'll come up with a couple archetypes as we go through this. Yeah, so really the the thing that's on trial here is the the skills. Yeah. It's a condemnation of the skills if you lose. So would would Hal Mason, what what archetype do you think? Is he a schemer? Kind of, but in a different way. You know, he's not... He's not great at like political maneuverings, but he really knows a lot about history and he's mm-hmm. learned from the mistakes of a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's very wise. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's not like gonna like lie to you and twist you up like Frank Underwood. But I, I'd say he's probably in roughly the same category. What if we had like uh, well, maybe we need a new category? So let's let's stick it. Let's let's keep that in mind. Uh, Roger Sterling. He's, he's also good with like guns and. I mean, he's he doesn't know like karate or anything, but yeah. he's a good tactician and he's he's good with firearms and stuff. So. Uh, what about the Roger Sterling? Could we get away with a playboy slash playgirl category? Charm, yeah, he he charms people. He Ooh, he lulls people into a false sense of security and then right strikes. It's like, uh, could, could we go, do we have strikes three, with a wicked martini? <laughs> do do we know. have three C's of badass or was it four? I think it was three. It was character. Uh-huh. Like roughly, if you played a badass, regardless of how preposterous, that gets you a point in the character department. 
even fucking guy from the pianist that played in predators gets a badass character because he was playing a badass um tom cruise gets by largely on playing tons of badasses sure you have to kind of take him at face value yeah um then you got charisma charisma. then you got the physical champion the c champion yeah we, we kind of stretched the definition of C there, but maybe uh, maybe Roger is in that charismatic, the charisma charmer. I think so. All right, okay, so we so got that, schemers good... and charmers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Capone. What would you say about Frank Underwood though? He's kind of a charmer as well, isn't he? Sometimes. Mostly a schemer though. I, I agree. Okay. Well, I mean, that's like I think there's going to be some splitting closer to the line. Al Capone. Are we writing this stuff down? No, fuck no. We should be nah. make, creating brackets. I'm recording go. audio and video. You're what gonna have to go. Record. Yeah. Have to go rewatch oh, this thing. I watch yeah, every what video I watch with my pants off, and I just can't. I can't get enough. Um, <sighs> so we got schemers and charmers. Al Capone. Uh, crazy. He is crazy. Um, he's also a psycho category. Would be pretty sweet. Yeah, he he's definitely psycho. Uh he's he's an influencer, so like mm. he doesn't do a lot of the dirty work, but he knows people who do. Mm. He runs the show. Um, he does plenty of dirty work though. Yeah, he does some dirty work for sure. But he is like a puppet master, like a godfather type too. Yeah. I mean he's kind of ski I mean he's got a blend, but I don't know what his strongest I don't I kind of want to. I want to keep this psycho category in the back of my mind because I think there there's going to be several characters that fit into that. Michonne okay. from The Walking Dead, badass. Come on, just just a what? pure badass. Yeah, she's, she's also a little bit of a psycho. No, not anymore. Okay, she's pretty normal now. Okay, so we we do have a badass category. I think you have to badass. have just a weapons badass category. Okay, Don Draper, charmer. He's definitely a charmer. Putting him and Roger in the same bracket would be interesting. It, yeah. Hmm. I kind of want to make. I don't it know in, what other category he could go in. I don't know. I want to make it impossible that like Roger and and Don can get to the finals and fight each other because that's yeah. just ridiculous. I'm with you. That's ridiculous. Um, Michael says, are there enough strong lady characters out there to have a women's division? I I don't think. I mean, no. I'm not saying that there's not. Because the next one is Molly Salverson. I'm just saying that rather than invent a ladies category, I'd rather slot them in to where they belong. Um, yeah. You know, Michonne's already badass. Molly Salverson, uh, what would you put her into? Because Don Draper is also, we could throw him in a charmer bracket. Molly Salverson, she's not a badass. She's, she's not a, a charmer. Detective. She's a thinker. She's a. So we had schemers, charmers, badasses, psychos, maybe. All right, fuck it. I'm going to start a goddamn. <laughs> Google Doc. A Google Doc. I knew this was coming eventually. <laughs> There's too much to remember with 64 once characters. Once I get the once I get I thought I was gonna see, I thought just by looking at this for 30 seconds, I was gonna be able to divide them all into four categories. I don't know that I can. Yeah. Okay, so you got psycho, maybe. We got charmer. We got by the way, this is the rest of lunch. So if Steamer. y'all if if y'all are interested, like go ahead and take I'm not gonna be hurt. This is just what we're gonna do. Schemer. Uh, schemer, badass. What was the fourth one? Psycho charmer, schemer, badass. That's four. Oh, we Molly might be the fifth type that we have to figure out because I don't know that she fits. Yeah, if anything, maybe she's a schemer. I, like she's like schemer. She charmer? understands schemers. Like that's the thing, right? She's a detective. 
You're right. Who who works against the maybe schemers. maybe like uh, like he's like some McNulty in the wire would be a schemer, right? Even though he's not I think a, so. Schemer I think, doesn't necessarily mean bad. Yeah. They 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 have the mindset of a schemer. Should we call it tactician? I mean you'd have to put Hal in there, Hal Mason. That's well that's one of the things I was thinking because I have seen yeah. one season of that a little bit mm-hmm. uh when I was kind of watching four, with you. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe tactician would be better than schemer. I'm gonna put schemer slash tactician. Okay. Um all yeah, right. I think Molly goes in there. Okay, Therese Molly, there's where she lives. Arya Stark, badass, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, she's becoming a badass. I don't know that she is at this point she's yet. She's a proto-badass, but, but she's not I any... think that's where her trajectory's headed. Okay. Ken Cosgrove. Oh, I hate that everyone in God. I hate that everyone in Mad Men is a charmer. Yeah. Because that's just a that's a Mad Men bracket. Maybe we can take out some of it. Because also Ken Cosgrove is a little weak sauce. He's not making out any bracket. I don't no, think, I don't think he makes I mean, it to the dance, man. Certainly not in the charm category. I mean, he's mm. going to be danced all over. Yeah, yeah. Jon Snow, badass tactician. Yeah. Maybe we should have a leader. Mm. Who do you think Frank Underwood would go in that? But he's more of a schemer. He's yeah. Actually, I think he's a weak leader. Is what we're seeing. Should Capone be in the leader category with good, Jon good Snow? argument? Good argument. Uh, Don Draper might be better off in the leader department, although he's not a great leader either. No, I think I think he's a charmer, and I I like him versus Roger at some point. Hmm. Maybe one of those need to go. Maybe one of those don't make it to the dance. Maybe too many, too we'll, many we'll of the same dudes. Yeah, I think we should go through the list and and try and see. Okay, Tim Gutterson, that is the Ranger Marshal from Justified. Badass, badass right? He's got to be. Okay, you give him okay. a sniper rifle. Supposedly he's a badass. Uh, Claire, <laughs> Claire Underwood. She'd be a schemer Claire tactician. Underwood. She's got to be, yeah. Maybe she's in the same. It'd be interesting to put her up against Frank. I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Hmm. All right, I could buy that. Uh, maybe, maybe Charmer too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, a little but that's bit of thing. that in there. Claire and Frank are both charming on the surface, mm-hmm. but their real self are schemers. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tuco, psycho. <laughs> Come on, oh yeah, come on. Psycho badass, like even. Mm-hmm. Uh Loretta McCready. Schemer? That's uh, the teenage girl from Justified. Yeah, yeah she seems she'd smart. have to be Smarter the schemer than... tactician. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we need like a just a thug, I suppose, category. <laughs> or just a gangster. Just a gangster, uh, I suppose. Ken Cosgrove goes in there. <laughs> with with post patch Cosgrove? Yeah. Uh-huh. Where else would you put him? <laughs> Red Reznikov. This is the Russian played by Captain Janeway from Orange is the New Black. Oh, I, you're going to have to do this. I don't know anything She's about She's total schemer tactician. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Daryl Dixon. Badass. Badass. Come on, yeah. Through and through, man. It's the only thing he's got going for him. See, this brings me to the next category, Carol Peltier. Who's that? That is Carol from The Walking Dead. Oh, that's her last name. <laughs> I believe so. That's how you pronounce it. I was thinking, uh, like, maybe you need a survivor category. Because she's also a badass. Would Don go in the survivor category? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Hmm. Maybe we need eight divisions. So we need to blow this thing up. All right, just I'm going to put survive, survivor as a idea for her archetype. Uh, if not, she probably goes in badass, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, she's certainly badass from season five on. Yeah. Uh, James Gordon from Gotham. Probably just badass. I have no idea. He's, he's Jim Commissioner Gordon. Gordon yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know, but. I don't know what he's like in that show. He's a special forces guy, but he's also, he's he kind of a tactician, mm-hmm. but mostly brain, mostly badass. Uh, Chalky White. This is, this, <laughs> he would definitely go into just a gangster, I suppose, if we end <laughs> up with that. Maybe, the, maybe we should have a, just a, just a general gangster category. Just a tough, yeah. Just a. Maybe. Okay. Well, let's keep it on the, the plate there. All right. Um, but Chalky, because he's also a tactician, he's also a badass, but not a conventional one. Yeah. Uh, Nucky Thompson. I, I figured that's where you're going. He's a schemer. Gotta all the be. way, through and through. Yeah. Yep. Schemer, tactician, whatever. Mike Ermintrout. The man trout. Hey, badass. Total badass. Right? <laughs> I mean, he's also got some tactician qualities to him. Uh I you think, know what? Nucky's also Survivor. He is. Maybe the yeah. Survivor category is all about their origin. Like if you've overcome great adversity, if like you've like like a Don Draper, a Carol, a Nucky, they're, they're what what defines them more than their scheming and all that is the fact that they're survivors. Hmm. Okay. Where and like Claire's not. I mean, Claire's got gone through adversity, but she also came from like a privileged family. Um, yeah. Frank, though, maybe Survivor. Yeah, he did come up from a poor family, for sure. Uh, Kevin Garvey, okay, so just some, some questions. Uh, Kevin Garvey is on the list, and what is Tyrion? I don't know. I think I'm, Tyrion, I'm pretty sure, is on this list. We'll get there. Uh, let's see. Daenerys Targaryen. She's Ooh. tough, because I don't think she's Ooh. a tactician or no, a schemer. or a badass. She's, a, she's certainly a survivor. She is. She's not a badass. She's not particularly a charmer. She's potentially a psycho. <laughs> She's not a gangster. I mean, I'd kind of be tempted to put her in the survivor category. I would too, honestly. Because she just like, you know. She, she doesn't fit in any other category. Yeah, yet. she's well, been So through... what are the defining traits of Daenerys? She... She's very morally strong. Yes. Very inexperienced, passionate. Uh, Personally inspirational, strong as well. Inspirational. She has a way, she has an almost effortless ability to uh, inspire people. So leader category, if we were going to go for Yeah, that. I'm going to throw a leader category on there too, as defined. So now we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have one more and we got to feel that we got an eight division type thing going there. Yeah. yeah. The tough part is going to be evening out the divisions. Like, mm. uh, I don't know, maybe you do uneven brackets. Dr. Valentin Narcisi. Or Narcisse. Schemer, yeah. Yeah, uh, definite schemer. Definite schemer. Threat to the to the gangster bracket. Lady Edith. <laughs> oh my god. The ugly one. Uh from Downton Abbey. She's none of the above, man. Sad sack. <laughs> do, do we need a loser category? <laughs> yeah. Like Eugene could go in the loser. I think so. But I the thing is, so. is like Maybe the losers are like the wild card. They're in the bottom, and you don't expect them to advance. They're just, you, you probably expect them to get blown off in the first round. Okay. So we just shove her into the wild card slot of whatever we need. All right, so she's a wild card. Sure, okay. I, I like it. Uh, I'm going to put that concept of wild card. All and right. If, and if this were, what fuck, what was that MTV 
claymated yeah, yeah, yeah. show uh-huh. from the 90s. Yeah, well, Celebrity Deathmatch. Celebrity Deathmatch. Gr- or was it Grudge Match? No, it's Deathmatch. Okay. If this were Celebrity Deathmatch, she would end up be advancing like four rounds into the thing just because they thought it was funny. Right, right. She's literally chewing people's jugulars off. Yeah. Uh, Sandor Clegane. Survivor or badass? I definitely a badass. I think badass. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting because I'd like to see... I mean, like him see, versus his brother. I'd like to see Gregor in the badass and him in the survivor and then see who comes out on top. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of lean towards badass with him. Let's see who else. John Pope. The fuck is John Pope? He's from Falling Skies. He's the, the anti-hero. Oh, uh, he's, he's the, the guy that's always giving guy. shit to Hal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I, what would you call that? I mean, he's definitely a survivor. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when I call him a badass, he's one of the more capable people with weapons in that show, I guess. Maybe we need two types of badass. You need like a physical badass and like... A weapon specialist. I don't know. I might put him in Survivor. He's. He he definitely. I don't. Everybody in that show is a Survivor. That's the thing. Like they're all up against the extinction of humanity. What? Yeah. What more survival do you want out of them? That's the thing. Like then I wouldn't say that's his defining trait then. I think that's the problem with that show is not a lot of these people have defining traits outside of <laughs> that sounds like, like a problem just in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, their defining traits are all the same is what ah, I mean. Like okay. they're, they're survival survivable. I, I don't know. Pope, Pope is a bad guy in that show. Okay. You know, the, the good guy who's a bad guy. Is he just a gangster? Maybe throw him in the gangster yeah, bracket. Yeah. Okay. I could totally see that. Uh, ben Mason. I, I'm assuming this is another fucking. Uh, ben is the youngest of the three. No, Ben is Ben is the middle, the middle one. So he at this point is an alien. Part part alien. Okay. So he's definitely a badass. He can jump super super high. He's real strong. Uh he's a badass. Okay. Patty Eleven, which is from the cult leader of the following. Or the god damn it, the leftovers. <laughs> Schemer, yeah. Psycho? A little psycho too. Yeah. She's psycho, psycho and scheming. I would almost. I actually, if if tactician and schemer were separate, I'd put her in tactician. Yeah, because like she pulled off some crazy shit. Piper Chapman uh, would be a wild. That's uh, the star of Orange and New Black. She would yeah. be in the loser cannon fodder wild card bracket. Really? No. Wow. She's just fucking... no perceivable skills whatsoever. No. No. <laughs> no. No. And that's the main character. Okay. Yeah. That she's no, hmm. no. Um, if I don't know if there's a, if there's a pumpkin spice latte UGG wearing. Is she like a soccer mom who got thrown in prison? No, she's like a, she's like a, a you know a, a posh upper class girl who got caught up with a, a lesbian drug dealer affair, kind of like a rebellious uh, college girl that got thrown into prison over that. Okay. Very waspy. So it's like she's a waspy what, type. So it's like if weeds went horribly wrong for the main character. <laughs> well, Gingy Cohen was involved in both. So yeah, probably. Yep. Um, Kevin Garney Jr. This is the sheriff yep. from uh, Justin Thoreau. Leftovers. Whew. 
boy. I mean, he he's, he's is a leader. He's kind of a badass. He's a leader. He's kind of a psycho, maybe. <laughs> his dad's definitely a psycho. <laughs> not a charmer. I mean, he definitely has his charms, but that's not his his biggest thing. Survivor too? But he seemed he seems too fundamentally broken to be a survivor. I think that's the defining character of the survivors. They're not they've been through shit, but they're not broken. Kevin's very broken. Yeah, I Hmm. Maybe he's a wild. He, honestly, he's a fucking enforcer, a wild, but I a wild card. I wouldn't kind of, call him a badass, you know. He's too. I like him too much to throw him into the wild card cannon fodder, but he kind of is wildfire or wildfire. Kind of, kind of is wild card cannon fodder. Hmm. Brian Tarth, badass in badass. the story. Yep. Rick Grimes, badass, badass leader. I mean, yeah, maybe leader. Tactician, not so much. He's all right with it, but that's yeah. not his defining characteristic. Jason Stackhouse, who is the idiot brother of Slicky Stackhouse from True Detective, or not uh, True Detective, uh, True Blood. Yeah, don't know him. Probably wild, you know, comic loser relief. Category. Loser category. Right, but, I think but he's also, blood. he's a bit of a badass, too. Is he a vampire? Because vampires are badass. He is not a vampire. Okay. But he's a bit of a badass, and I think he could maybe shock. He, he he's, he's, a, he's one of those wild cards that's capable of a shocking upset, as is Edith. You know, it's a celebrity deathmatch rules. All right. Uh, We've got some criticism of your uh, Piper characterization. No, I yeah, I don't. I don't consider Piper a survivor. No, okay, not really. She hasn't Question been. Answered. She hasn't been through enough. No, no. You want to put her up there with Carol and Nucky and who? Uh, Don? Shit, no, 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 no. <laughs> maybe, maybe in her show, she is not, not even on her show. My God, think about the other what the women are getting through. No, I don't no. think he likes that idea. No, huh? <laughs> don't like it. Don't don't like it. Grr. Uh, Saul Goodman. He's a schemer. Schemer. Yeah, I thought he's a bungler. He's like, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely a schemer. Come on. I mean, the the roots of Saul Goodman are in scheming. Gangster. Slipping Jimmy. Slipping fucking Jimmy. He's the most scheming son of a bitch you'll ever meet. I think he might be more fun in the gangster category. He's the, definitely a low low seated gangster but he's super high seated schemer right like that's the thing is you want to handicap him that much that's what i'm saying like i i kind of think give putting him really high in the schemer is too much or maybe he's a mid-range schemer like if there's like a field of eight in the schemer bracket he depends be like on the other schemers seed. but hmm. i mean frank is above him right i mean when you have a persona dedicated to scheming but i don't know that you can be put in any other category scamming it's more of a scam than a scheme. But the, they're the same thing, man. Uh, I know. I'm just saying that he's going to be down in that bracket. Uh, that's my fear. Jimmy, he's going to be way down in the gangster bracket. I mean, you put Al Capone sure. in the gangster bracket. There's yeah, no, 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 yeah. Uh, but then again, Tuk, he, he fought Tuco to a standstill. Tuco's a psycho, not a gangster. But if you went up against Al Capone, not so sure he doesn't walk away from that confrontation unscathed. But he did it not... <laughs> Not by being a gangster. He did it with scheming. He did it with mm. rationalization and mm. charm and manipulation. Maybe we need, maybe the schemer, we need a bullshitter bracket. Like Frank Underwood would be, well, no, he's more of a I think schemer. people are going to think you're crazy on this if you don't put him in All scheming. right, fine. Slipping Jimmy belongs in the scheming bracket. Fine. This is all provincial anyway. Jimmy Darmody. 
He's just kind of a badass, yeah. Kind of badass, kind of a tactician, kind of a leader, kind of a survivor. Kind of just a gangster. <laughs> kind of just a gangster. Uh, he's a tough one, man. He's a, mm. he's a chimera. Yeah, let's let's punt on him for, okay. for now. All right. Saul Good. Wait, I already did Saul Goodman. Raylan Givens. He's badass, badass for sure. Yeah. But he's a charmer. My God, is he a charmer? Maybe more of a charmer than a badass. I kind of think so. Especially if you consider charming as being part of intimidation. Yeah. Because he's, like he's the most charming, people. intimidating person I've ever met. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's another really tough one. Tom Mason. I think if, if you sleep with more women in the show than you pull your gun, like literal gun. Okay. On women? I'm making a joke here. On women? No, on anyone. Okay, okay. Then you're you're defined as a charmer. And All I right. think Raylan falls into that category. Okay. Uh, Tom Mason. You know what? I was confusing Hal and Tom. Tom is Noah Wiley's character. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so everything I said about How about Hal, forgettable category? <laughs> I just get their names mixed up. Whoever, whoever you mixed up needs to go into the wild card loser bracket. There's some All right. Hal, Hal can totally go in the wild card bracket. Okay. Like he's exactly like his dad, except he's more hot-headed and less knowledgeable and oh, wise. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. So, and like I said, everybody on that show is a survivor. So whatever. How about Lorne Malvo? Is there a a devil Ooh, psycho. himself category? Psycho. Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's probably his his probably his defining characteristic. I think so. Bill Compton is a vamp he's the lead vampire off true blood i guess you have to call him a badass he's a he's yeah. an apex predator he rips people in half what are you gonna do <laughs> what are you gonna do sure suck it uh peggy, peggy olsen survivor mm. peggy olsen is kind of a survivor yeah she, walk, she, she rocks that fisherman's wife like a badass though <laughs> she's not a charmer yeah, she's not a schemer. No charm. No. She's not really a good leader or manager at all either. No. Schemer tactician. I think Survivor's pretty good for her. Um, she's come a long way and had a hard road getting there. Mm -hmm. Maybe, uh, I don't know. That's the other thing. We got to decide whether this is a badass bracket, like a survival bracket, or this is like a popularity contest or what. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm thinking of this in terms of like a cage death match, so... I'm, if, if if that's the only criteria, I think Peggy is like wild card material hmm. because there's I think no. Ken Cosgrove is a wild card material. I you know what I'm not that's arguing a good with bracket you. For him. You need eight if you got eight brackets. You yeah. need eight, so you, you try to you try to fit whichever is the weakest one. You throw them in that bracket. Yeah, uh, Ken Ken has the eight seed in the gangster bracket would be hilarious. <laughs> I like that a lot. That is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Dicky Bennett, psycho. Yeah, is he psycho he's or got is that, he's he's wiry? He's, or is he the eighth seed of the schemer bracket? Yeah, maybe. Maybe because he is his defining characteristic to me is big ideas, kind poor of bad execution. ideas, and really bad, poor execution. He just doesn't have the crew for it. He's a schemer. He's just an ineffectual schemer. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the right crew. Uh, All right. I can see him in either of those categories, frankly. Tyrion Lannister. Schemer. Gotta be schemer. schemer. all the way. I Gotta mean, be the schemer. trouble is you're going to have a lot of, of 
of Game of Thrones characters in there. Littlefinger, yeah. Varys. I yeah. mean, where do you throw Tywin? Like, yeah. he's the leader, badass more, but he's not a badass. He's schemer. Yeah. I mean, so many people. There are like two definitions of characters in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Schemer or badass. Yeah. And yeah. if you're not one of those, you're dead already. <laughs> you know? I totally buy that. Uh, Elizabeth Jennings. Badass? Survivor? Elizabeth Jennings? Yeah, that's uh, from The Americans. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Carrie Russell's character. I think she's badass. She is definitely badass. That's the first thing I think of is she's just ruthless, tough. She's uh, also a survivor. But, um, yeah, maybe a little bit too broken to be a survivor. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I could see her in the badass category and maybe Philip goes in the survivor category. I would. Yeah, that's actually, I like that a lot. If he's even in here. Yep. Yeah, he is. Uh, let's see. Glenn Ree. That is, I'm kind of thinking our schemer bracket might be a little too full. Glenn Ree is uh, of course from the walking dead through me. Cause I haven't oh, heard that's his, his last name. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, 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 he's like this tactician schemer tactician. I mean, he was in like episode two, but he's kind of like everybody in that show has just morphed into a version of a badass, right? Yeah. Throw him into the wild card of the psycho department just for just for funsies. Uh, Man, I, don't, I don't know where you put. You him. could also he could also be the wild card of the the, the badass bracket. Mm-hmm. Like you must be at least as badass to, as Glenn. He's the eight seed, and he will get demolished by whoever's the number one seed. Um, let's see. Gus Fring. Schemer. Yeah. Yeah. Although it could be a gangster threat too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a serious gangster. Uh, I mean, his come at me, bro stuff with the sniper rifle. Yeah. Pretty gangster. Daniel Weaver. Another character. Oh yeah. That I don't yeah. know anything about Weaver. I didn't know his first name. Oh, really? Uh, Weaver. He's, he's the badass. He's former military. Okay. He is the guy who does all of the, I mean, he does all the tactical planning too. He's okay. for for the actual combat stuff. I, I don't know. I'd put him in the badass category. All right, of everybody there. Slicky Stackhouse is the sister of uh, the dumbass I talked about earlier. I'd say she is probably the wild card and survivor bracket. She's rogue, right? Yep. Okay. She's a survivor in the. Uh, she's she's the bottom seed of survivor bracket. Hmm. Uh, is where I would peg her. Uh, Walter White. Gotta be ske- schemer gangster. He is definitely a gangster. Um, but man, he's a good schemer. He is a really good schemer. Like, I would almost argue that but the gl- most of his schemes ultimately get him into more trouble than they actually get him out of. Like everything just escalates, escalates, escalates. But he beats Gus Fring, right? So I would put I would maybe put Gus in the gangster category. Yeah. And Walt in the schemer category. Mm, interesting. It's weird. Because they're roughly equivalent, but Walt ultimately proves to be better at it. Huh. Or, I don't know, because, you know. You're right. Neither of them have great fates in that show. <laughs> yeah. Walt just lasts a little bit longer. Yeah. And ult- ultimately, his high watermark was knocking off Gus. Yeah. Like, he should have stopped there. He should have stopped there. <laughs> Carl Grimes. <laughs> Her, him see we got it we okay i, I want to make Survivor? i want to make aria fourth seed in the badass bracket broken. and have him be number five in a badass bracket so they play each other in the first round that'd, that'd be, be pretty good. sweet that'd yeah. be good 
the the two children molded by circumstances into being killers. Yeah, fight to the death for our amusement. Hunger Games all over again. Art Mullen, <laughs> a son a of a charmer? bitch, charmer? son of a bitch category. That's uh, the chief. Like he's that's like the, the chief from Justified. If you don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. He'd be a good leader category. He's also a good charmer. He would. Yeah, he's not a conventional badass, not a conventional schemer. Hmm. Can we define gangster as the be more about like uh unorthodox swagger than it is about criminality? Because he's kind of a yeah, the gangster. Of a gangster. He's kind of like a uh, big bald like B A L L E D, not B A L D, because he's that too. Like he's got that swagger yeah. a little bit. He he can he can bring Raylan to heel for God's sake. I don't know what you call that. Yeah, he's going to have to... I don't know. It depends on where we put Boyd, too. Ooh. Because Boyd's either going in schemer or gangster. Oh, he's... Schemer, right? He fucking said in the finale episode, before he, or no, the second the finale, before he blew away sure. Shea Wigan, I'm a gangster. Pow. Yeah. That gets him with a bullet into that bracket, I think. Okay. Then we can put Art into the... Uh, I don't know, gangster... We'd have to, maybe we need a different, maybe there's a swagger category. Because that's kind of like how I'm, that's, that's, that's. Yeah, but when you stack him up against Raylan, he's not, or even Boyd. Like, both of those guys have far more swagger than Art. Yeah, but Raylan ain't in the swagger category. He's, he's in not? the badass category. Mm. That's why I'm almost thinking. Yeah, the charmer category is going to be weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about Jack Bauer? Badass. Oh, yeah, come on. Eric Northman is the more badass version of Bill Compton from True Blood, so I guess he'd be a badass, but you can only really have one vampire. I'd put, I'd put my money on Eric. Hmm. Uh, Elston Limehouse, schemer, gangster. I think so. yeah, I'm more gangster. Survivor. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Survivor. Yeah. I mean, that's the defining trait of, been of Noble Holler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, uh, gangster character from uh, Justified. Uh, Lester Nygaard, he needs to be the wild He's card. He's a wild card. Wild card of the gangster category. Wild card of the psycho category. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. Uh, Philip Jennings. We just said that he's going to be survivor, and I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Win Duffy. He's a survivor. That's too. why he's the cockroach. He's totally a survivor. Win Duffy from Justified. Richard Harrow, badass. Badass. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of a survivor too, but he's he's a badass. Uh, yeah, I'd have a hard time ranking him honestly because I just I irrationally love that character. Uh, four more to go. Jamie Lannister used to be badass. I like I don't know what he I'm is. Kind of survivor, I guess. Wild card. <laughs> what we, Wild what? card and badass. Yeah, he's still he's kind of too broken to be a survivor. Maybe wild card. He'd he'd be shit out of luck in this in the badass category. <laughs> yeah. Charmer. Yeah, he can. He does. That's what he's That's got pretty left. Wild card in the charming. He category. was a badass. You cut off his right arm, and he's left with the charm. Yep. Okay. okay. Uh, Cal Drogo, badass. Badass. Come on. That's that's the only trait he really has. <laughs> a gangster. <laughs> Jesse Pinkman, survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Crowder, gangster. I think he's got to be in the gangster. Honestly. Yeah. 
that's it. That's your field of 64. So we'd have to new. So we'd have that, to flatten it out a bit, wouldn't we? I, I would like to hear from people watching if they think this would be interesting to blow up into like a pod, like a bald move TV podcast type of deal, mm. or maybe even a video kind of like what we did the year end rankings. Yeah. Cause I think to do this right, we're like four to eight hours worth of preparation and, and to work it up. I, I think it'd be fun to show also like pictures as evidence. So the video thing might be cool. Oh yeah. Like, like oh, video clips. oh, you think he's a badass? Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. Or how can he be a badass when, and then you, yeah. You, like I'd like to enter into evidence exhibit a, yeah. <laughs> yep. Especially if we did that in secret. There you go. So like we'd assign like one is the affirmative defense and one is the, no, you just assign a person. You, you just like, Okay, we've got two people who are saying. facing off. You're going to be Raylan. Oh. I'm going to be this guy, and let's oh. build a case. Oh, then you have really to anticipate hot. where the other person is going to come from. It's, oh, it's wow. exactly a debate. You know? That's more it's, than a 48-hour commitment, <laughs> unless we just get drunk and do it. You can do one of these like uh, every week or every two weeks or something. And Yeah. Yeah. Content just for days, man. Sit down, have fun with it. It's not going to be like a serious, like well-produced sort of thing. It's just sure. going to be like, hmm. Okay, I'm going to get a couple of clips from what I remember the show, All right. get those lined up, and here's my argument. All right, I might post this in a VIP forum with this, the time code right to it to see if people want, you know, if they want more of this. Yeah. All right, that's the feel of 64, and that is a really long lunch. So uh, I know I'm full. Yeah, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, your support and for joining us. We'll be back next Friday. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. Have a great weekend, people.